Welcome to the PA Sprint Series podcast, where we talk about Racehaver Sprint Cars and showcase the drivers, teams, and history of the most competitive Sprint Car Series in the country. I'm Rod Ort, Series Director, and I'm joined by Frank Berman, writer, reporter, and historian for the series. We try to post this show each week and bring you the updates on Racehaver and bring you stories of Racehaver talent here in PA and across the country. Welcome to the show. We're back with Frank. Welcome, Frank. How are you feeling? It's good to be back. I am feeling much better. Thank you. And looking forward to going to races again. That's great. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we have to start out the, uh, the show uh, with a little sad news. Uh, car owner Larry Clegg, uh, who owned the, uh, the car at Racing Jason Roush runs, um, passed away. Uh, I talked with Tom Warwick. One of the things I like about interviewing every new team is to get meet these people and and um, you know get to talk to them a little bit. And I had never done that because Tom Warwick covered that up in Belfont, and uh, he he knew Larry and his son. And um, you know it was neat that they they got to realize their dream to run a sprint car. Um, and then uh, obviously uh, Jason Roush come along running the car for Larry, talked to him a little bit Saturday night and, um, you know, obviously concerned, uh, uh, you know, sad for the loss of Larry and not, not knowing obviously what the future holds for them, but he was determined to do well and um, picked up his uh, career best finish there Saturday with a seventh at Port Royal at the race saver appreciation race. And that was not, uh, that was not an easy seventh place either. That was a really tough field Saturday night. And Jason finished ahead of some absolutely quality cars. So yeah. it was, uh, I'm sure very emotional for everybody involved with that team. Uh, but, but a good way for them to, you know, put on a little bit of a tribute for their car owner at the port. Yep, def definitely, uh, definitely stepped it up for Saturday night. Congratulations to, to Derek Hauk picking up the win. Um, he, uh, he got around Bard, was looking good, and then poor Garrett Bard uh, got up into the wall and took quite a tumble, uh, pretty much destroyed that car, but uh, messaged him on Sunday, and he was sore but, but feeling okay. We had a, had a limited field, and we were in front of the – an outlaw crowd on Saturday night, you know, just to kind of describe that situation, we asked for that race um, for the opportunity to be in front of the outlaws. I don't think they would approve us having um, a full field. So they, we compromised with uh, Steve O'Neill and Port Royal and uh, agreed to have the top uh, 24. Then we expanded it to 26 in points. So it was, it was a unique um, opportunity. Don't know if we'll get to do it again next year, but uh, several, uh, several drivers um, got to shine there and do a good job for their sponsors. Christian Rumsey, 22nd to 5th, quite a run after having some trouble, I guess, in the heat race there. Um, and uh, Dominic Miller running, running second, just doing a heck of a job. Uh, I don't, think he was going to be able to close it in on on Derek and I said man just settle for second and uh he you know that's not what racers do he just kept pushing it and got into wall a little bit and, uh ended up uh 
as a flat front tire. So um, Dominic had a good run there, but uh, good night overall, I think. Uh, how about how about the rest of the country? Well, the rest of the country, first, some areas are slowing down a little bit now. Some others are getting ready for their big race at the end of the year. But we got a few, including a couple of catch-ups uh, in our area. Mid-Atlantic and Laurel Highland Sprint Series are done for the year, but the Allegheny Sprint Tour is not. Uh, they didn't run this past weekend, but the previous week, I had missed this one in the material I gave to Stephanie last week. Uh, Jim Morris was the Friday night winner of the two-night uh, Little Guy Nationals at Michael's Mercer Raceway. Uh, Morris beat Greg Dabrowski and Kyle Colwell on Friday night. They came back and ran again on Saturday night, and Jacob Camola got the win Saturday night over Logan McCandless and Dabrowski again. So um, pretty big one for them, and they're in action again this weekend at the Steel City Stampede at Lernerville Speedway. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, I would love to go out to that thing somewhere. Over three nights, they're running 14 different divisions of race car <laughs> at Lernerville. Uh, three full-size sprint car divisions plus uh, 270 micros. And uh, what, what the Allegheny Tour is doing, the race savers have their heat races on Friday night. And then they run their uh, last chance or B main and their feature on Saturday night. So hope to have some results from that next week. Uh, Virginia yeah. Sprint Series is done for the year, but the Carolina Sprint Tour is still rocking and rolling. Uh, they were they had their double bill of Carolina Speedway in Gastonia and Harris Speedway out in the southwestern part of the state, right on the South Carolina line last weekend. Unfortunately, the remnants of the hurricane caught up with the Harris event, and that was canceled. But Jake Carklin won the Carolina Speedway event Friday over Mike Jackson, Jake McLean, who won the heat race up here at uh, Williams Grove just a couple mm -hmm. of weeks ago, Nick Tucker, and Mike Sellers. And I did not see in any of the information that I saw on this race whether they paid Carklin that bounty that they had on Nick Tucker at the previous race, oh, you know, that's right. he had won five of the seven races so far this year. So, yeah, last week he wasn't there, so nobody could collect a bounty on him. Yeah, um, so I don't know whether that carried over or not. Okay, but of course they still have the same. Unfortunately, the weekend of the Keystone Race Saver Challenge, uh, they have a big two-day show at Fayetteville Speedway, which is really the makeup of the one that was scheduled way back at the beginning of the year, and they had bad weather. For that one yeah hopefully hopefully they they you know a lot of race saver teams get to that um it's always nice to have a two-day event um you know two paydays yep very much so uh heading out west the ohio thunder sprint series looks like they're done for the year uh they also had their what might have been their last race weekend before last at 35 raceway park and Jacob Stickle was the winner in that race. The um, Schaefer's Oil Indiana Race Savers closed out their season this Friday night at Kokomo Speedway. And they've got a nice uh, battle for the points for the championship there. Bradley Sterrett with a one-point lead over Ethan Barrow going into this final race. Uh, their last race was weekend before last, our previous race. 
at Gas City Speedway and Barrow got that win over Dustin Straub and Bradley Galeridge. Over across the Mississippi River, the United Rebel Sprint Series is still running and they were at Salina Speedway in Kansas Friday night. Zach Blurton, another one of the drivers who finished in the top five in national points for Race Saver was the winner at that race over Ty Williams and Jason Danley. Sprint Series of Oklahoma is done, ex was done except for their final race coming up this weekend at Red Dirt Raceway. We'll try to have something on that one. And also the uh, both of the Sprint Series down in Texas have races yet to go. The Southern United Sprints who run kind of the Eastern part of the state have two races still to come up. And the Texas Sprint Series, which runs out in the Western part of the state has a couple of races still to go as well. Uh, finally, got a couple of the tracks that um, are not affiliated with regional series. The US 36 Speedway in Osborne, Missouri had a big race over the past weekend and Trevor Grossenbacher got the win over Toby Chapman, Stuart Snyder, who finished second to Garrett Bard in the national points, Jay Russell and J.R. Topper. Um, that was a big race for all the different IMCA divisions, by the way. Okay. And then, you know, I had said way back uh, that California had just pretty much thrown in the towel this year because of COVID. And then I found out that the Keller Auto Speedway at the Kings Fairgrounds in Hanford, California, ran the Cotton Classic last weekend, which included the Western Race Savers. Oh, good. No fans. Well, so I guess they got a lot of people that are willing to pay-per-view. Um, Flow Racing did carry it. And uh, Blake Robertson, who you recall way back when we first started doing these, was the guy that we saw who drove, who came from California to Kansas to oh, race. Right, right. didn't have anything out there. Yeah. He won that race in Hanford, California. So I, I didn't see any evidence of anything else going on out on the West Coast. But as you can see, we've got a few uh, major races coming up this weekend and a couple of the weekend, the weekend or two after that. So still a little bit to report on and obviously a lot to report on in the Pennsylvania Sprint Series. Some racing yet to go. And um, we're at BAPS this week. And John Wolf has been, uh, we, we haven't talked a lot about we, well we have talked about john uh this year but we haven't got to talk to him um he won our first race at baps and uh, uh we love to tell race saver stories and and this is another good one so we're we're looking forward to talking to john and we'll have him coming up next all right we're here with john wolf this week John is from Wallopin. We're going to have to find all about that. How are you doing, John? Good. How are you guys? Very good. good. Um, we're headed to, to BAPS this week, and you've had some pretty good luck. I guess I guess you're leading the points because you're won our one and only race so far this year. Um, hopefully, hopefully we get a chance to run on Friday and you get, you get two more opportunities. To, where are you starting in the makeup race? Uh, I believe we start 10th in the makeup feature. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty deep redraw for a, for a, you know, usually early in a race, like, or 
early in the night, the track's pretty fast, hard to pass. Yeah, hopefully we can make something happen there early and get up front. Yeah, let me think of which row, because I think um, I think Dylan Schatzer was on the pole for that, and I don't think he's going to make it, so I'll shift the inside row up. But um, So, um, you, you know, looking down through your records for this year, uh, start out with a win there at BAPS, and I saw a bunch of thirds and sixes, and then of, of recently just just kind of having a, a little bit of a, a struggle with a couple of couple of bad weekends there or races anyhow yeah um, our our luck kind of switched around there for a little bit and uh we were having some engine issues uh mag issues actually and uh we got that all straightened out and the tracks have just been starting to slick off and we're not our setup's not 100% there for a slick track yet. We're still working on that, but uh, we're hoping to get better for this weekend and hopefully for the KRC race. Yeah, I guess I guess at Lincoln, I mean, you know, you, you know, mags, those things, they're either working or they're not working. It seems like they can really be uh, uh, frustrating. But man, nothing more frustrating than you know having an accident going to the track and then uh, the car falls off the. I mean, you had quite a few issues there that just that one night at Lincoln, as I remember. Yeah, they say trouble's coming three, and that was definitely. <laughs> you got the official trifecta. But BAPS has been a pretty good track for you. Between that place and between BAPS and Path Valley is probably about the two tracks that I'm the most comfortable at. Mm -hmm. So I think that definitely helps. And all of our practices that we ran when we got into the 305 were at BAPS. So I have a couple more laps around there than anywhere else. So, well, you do, you do also do well at Path Valley. Um, it still haven't uh, picked up that elusive win, but I guess uh, two years in a row track champion there. Yeah, we've been racing there for nine years now between the 270 micros, 600 micros, and now the 305. And it's kind of a, haunting us that we haven't got that first win there yet but two track championships just shows that we're very consistent and fast at that track and hopefully 2021 we can finally get it done yeah tell us a little bit about your your backstory you know where where you came from how you developed your skills um well we started off at eight years old uh my grandfather took me over to greenwood valley action tracks to watch go-karts and 270 micros race um, we left there and he asked me if I thought it looked fun. I said, yeah. And I think it was about a week or two later, my dad came home from work. I came home from school and there was a go-kart sitting in our driveway. So uh, my dad actually didn't want me to get into this because he knew how expensive it was. And uh, from there, we ran carts for four years. Um, and then my dad still had his old 270 sitting in the garage. And I used to climb in and out of it all the time and act like a jungle gym. And the one year, I think it was about a month before race season, I looked at my dad and said, I want to run 270s this year. So we rushed around, got a motor and everything, put the car together. And then we ran those for uh, about four years. And our last year in 270s, we uh, we were fielding two cars and we ended up trading one for a 600 micro. And we ran that along with driving a couple other people's 600s for them throughout the three, three to four years that we ran those. And uh the one night I was laying in bed and seen an opportunity, uh, the guy posted a three, a complete sprint car roller for sale or trade for a 600. Um, I ran out to the living room, showed dad, and uh, hmm. I think it was about two days later, we were loading the car up and taking it to trade it. So we figured that was our opportunity to get in a full-size car. That's always been the dream. So 
we had a chance to make it happen and we went for it. Well, that's, uh, you know, one thing leads to another, I guess. Um, uh, so it's, it's pretty much you and your dad. How much, what, what, uh, what other help do you have? Um, in the shop, it's really just me, my mom, my dad, and my cousin, William. Um, besides that, uh, the racetrack, we have a couple crew people that come and help us, like James and Brad and Vanda and their daughter, Sam. And besides that, we just really do everything ourselves and make what we have work. How does, uh, how does your mom, we know your dad's there all the time. Well, you know, how's your mom feel about uh, the, the dangerous aspect of racing? <laughs> Any, is she, has she been involved with it all along as well? Yeah, she's always been involved with it. And uh, I definitely have to thank her because she definitely pushes the whole safety issue majorly. Um, she's not a huge fan of the racing deal, but she realizes that I love it. So she kind of just puts up with it and deals with it. Yeah, I think uh, I think mom is always is always the one that does the worrying. I mean, obviously, what was it? Y your dad is, uh, is fueling the fueling the addiction there at, some, <laughs> at least at some point, right? Yeah. And this year you picked up LaSalle engines and um, how, how's that worked for you? Uh, that was huge for us. Uh, we've always been a one motor, one car team. Uh, don't really have a lot of spares or anything. So getting that sponsorship there was definitely huge for us. Um, definitely top of the line engines. Uh, I have zero complaints about them. Amazing service. It definitely helped us get that win and the track championship this year. We're planning on partnering back up for 2021 and hopefully have a couple more first place finishes and maybe another track championship or a series championship next year. Great. You know, you mentioned earlier, John, that uh, about the comfort level with Path Valley because you've been running there for so long. Uh, on the other hand, you've also been one of the guys who's not minded traveling some and you've done some running at tracks outside the area has that been a lot of fun and educational for you to go to some of the places that are uh, not past tracks oh uh, yeah most definitely um i think that's one of the things that me and my dad like the most about the 305 series is you can travel anywhere you want and go race and be competitive anywhere um when we were in the micros we kind of had a home track at greenwood valley we didn't really venture out from there too much every once in a while we'd go to path valley and stuff but with not having a set weekly track, it's actually, at first I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this whole traveling thing every weekend or two times a weekend or something, but seeing different tracks and racing with different caliper people and just the different uh, energy you get from every series and every track is just definitely something that everyone should experience. And I think it definitely makes you a better driver too. Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely helps to, to get you get some experience, meet different people and, and things like that. I think, you know, in our experience, people want to race close to home, but it, it really is nice to be able to, when you have the time, you get off work, um, you know, venture out somewhere different and, and, and try a different track, different configuration or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And like for us, we don't really have a local track. Um, our closest two tracks is Sealands Grove and Clinton County. That's about an hour and 20 minutes. Besides that, everything's two hours and over that. So for us, it's kind of just became a 
routine to drive two, three, four hours to go racing. So I think when we we talked to uh, Garrett Bard, we asked him, you know, what there was to do in Wells Tannery. Uh, what what happens in Wap Wallopin? We're crying out, what what's going on in Wap Wallopin? Uh, not much. Uh, just a bunch of country guys and gals. Uh, we go out hunting and fishing and rip and tear on dirt bikes and quads and stuff and work on race cars every time we let it sit outside after we wash it and stuff people are driving past slowing down stopping talking to us they think it's pretty cool to see sitting there so i mean it's definitely not something you see around this area a lot so it catches a lot of people's attention up this way yeah i looked on a map i guess you're not real far from what was it wilkes Barre or something like that um uh yeah we're only about 20 minutes from wilkes Barre, so yeah so uh, it's, it's not like you're uh, it's not like you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, actually, no, but we're it's, been out outside, it's, nice. it's been a long time ago, but I actually spent a night in Wapalapan once. <laughs> way back okay. When I was a grad student in uh, at University of North Carolina, one of my fellow grad students was from Wapalapan. <laughs> we were going to a meeting and we stayed with her parents on the way up to the meeting. And well, there was, I mean, I, I think uh, Alex Potosky was from, was it, isn't there another driver that was? Is, no, Rosnock, the, the rookie that started this year. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, Frank Rosnock, he actually, uh, he lives with me. And then Alex Potosky was from Slocum, which is like five minutes from us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, at any given time, there's more than one, uh, one, one sprint car sitting out on the, Sunday morning, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Um, so you're definitely planning to be back with the Race Saver in 21? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Hopefully, uh, like I said, get a couple more wins. Hopefully, uh, the competition in this series is amazing. So to be able to pick up a win anywhere you go is definitely huge for anyone. Um, so we'll see what happens in 2021, but we're definitely going to be back and hopefully better than we were this year. Well, great. Hopefully uh, we get to run a full season next year and uh, already putting some stuff together for that. Are you going to be BAPS this weekend, coming to Keystone race next week, I assume? Yes. Yep. We'll be at both those races these next two weekends and hoping for some good finishes, hopefully to end out the season. Yeah. We're going to run right up against the flea market this year. Um, So great. Uh, Well, we really appreciate having you on here and hearing your story uh thank you for taking the time to do this with us yeah thank you for having us or having me i very much appreciate it and uh we'll see you guys friday night at baps hopefully yeah good luck this weekend all right thank you all right frank it's uh good to talk to to john from uh walloping uh Always, always interesting to hear another, another story, another racer story. And it's another story that really speaks well to the series because, uh, you know, here's, here's a guy that, that has an opportunity to get into full-size sprint cars at a affordable level and is having a really good time doing it, gets to travel a little bit, has picked up a track championship. And, and I think he thinks and hopes the best is yet to come. Yeah, I think I think you know, um, always improving and picking up that sponsorship from uh, LaSalle, having a good, uh, dependable, you know, engine builder behind them, and 
um, the, you know, the, the, the luxury of the, of a spare motor, uh, goes, goes a long way in being able to get out and, and do some of that other stuff. Um, yeah, as we said, we're at, uh, BAPS, uh, this weekend, um, looking like really possibly rain. They've already told us that they really can't make that up. So, um, if we're not able to, to race on Friday, we'll probably on the, um, makeup feature will end up taking the purse, dividing it by the number of cars and, and just paying it out. But hopefully, hopefully we get to, to settle out at the racetrack, things uh, change a little bit and we get to run on, on Friday, then um, we're right into a week of prep for our big Keystone Race Saver Challenge. Uh, Frank, there's a, as you know, uh, we, we put a, a lot into that race. Um, We've already picked up a couple of sponsors. Fast Tees is making those shirts for us. And um, uh, Penns Valley Meat Market, uh, quite, a, quite a few things. You're gonna start seeing those things on the webpage this week. We have the opportunity for lap sponsors. Those lap sponsors, we, we take the money that we get from each lap and we put it right towards the purse. Uh, we don't just pay the winner of that lap. Um, and uh, we also have uh, a few other sponsors that have kicked in there, and uh, we'll be we'll be outlining those and, and uh, uh, showing those this week on uh, social media and on our webpage. It's a good opportunity for some uh, you know for some fans of drivers in here to sponsor laps in honor of their favorite drivers as well. And I think we've seen a couple of people doing lap sponsorships in honor or memory of somebody. And uh, that's, you know, it's a nice way to, to get a name out there and uh, kind of contributes to that overall family atmosphere for this series. Yeah, exactly. I had uh, Jason Bergstresser uh, contacted us and they, they're giving us potato chips, Hartley's chips uh, as a sponsorship. But just like you said, they're, uh, he's sponsoring a lap in, in memory of his dad. Um, and, um, uh, Angela, who, who helps us, is also sponsor a lap. There's a, uh, you can sponsor a lap in the AMA, it's $100, uh, or the Founders Cup race is 50 bucks. Uh, Founders Cup is more, more for individuals, but a lot of people, uh, individuals also do those memorial laps in the AMA for 100 bucks. Um, so uh, yeah, plenty, plenty to do. Uh, Frank, just tonight, uh, Robbie Barchi contacted me. If we don't get to see Robbie, the director of the Laurel Island Sprint Series. And I think that Robbie's going to come race next week with oh, us wow. at uh, Keystone. So it will be good to see him. Jim Haynes is going to come up and help out with tech. Um, and, uh, you know, as usual, we'll be there all day. Next week, uh, we plan to do a podcast. And I've already had a commitment from Steve O'Neill, promoter of Port Royal Speedway. And uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to talk to Steve and and get the skinny on what's going on next weekend, hopefully for a podcast next week. And I would say too, don't give up on Friday night because I looked at the weather just before we came on and the chance of rain is down to 20%. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So, That'll be good. Uh, uh, but, yeah. but do bundle up because <laughs> the temperature, the predicted temperatures have not gone up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well. But, but uh, it, it, we may be able to get this one in. It would really be nice. Yeah, we're gonna take take the salamander and the kerosene. Uh, we're gonna be. <laughs> right. this one. 
All right, so uh, we'll uh, we'll see you this week at BAPS. And uh, with that, uh, thanks for letting us come out to play. Have a good weekend, everybody.